It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, including a little bit more of a development when it comes to the charter purchase with uh, Spire Motorsports and Live Fast and Zane Smith. Did I get all those details right, Dirk? Uh, I think that's basically all the players. Okay. Can you kind of run us through what else you found out about what's going on with that whole $40 million purchase? Well, the original thing talked about Zane Smith getting signed by Trackhouse to drive a third cup car in 2025. And um, there obviously was a whole bunch of stipulation where they were going to get a charter because they got charters for their other two teams. So I was pretty certain they were going to have a third charter. But now that this charter went through Spire, somehow they've got together and put a deal together where Zane Smith is going to drive for Trackhouse via renting or leasing, however you want to term it, the mm. charter from Spire. So, it, so is it is it a leasing deal or – oh, wait a minute. Okay, so Spire purchased it and then Trackhouse is going to lease it back from them. Right. Well, at least okay. from them, yeah. Yeah. So okay. basically, their their forty million dollar investment is probably several million lighter because of the leasing deal, right? And now, I believe, according to the this. leasing the leasing rules of the charters, they're able to do that for two years before they have to either go lease a different charter or they have to purchase the charter. Right. Yep. There is a time limit on that. Um, so I don't know if that's what's going to eventually happen and uh, you know, let's just say they're going to lease it for, if it's, if it's selling for 40, they're probably going to spend four or 5 million a year leasing it. You would think I would think. Yeah. So let's just say they, they got 10 million in their two year lease. And then other stuff I was reading through keeps talking about, and it's been on the rumor mill that Andretti racing is going to come into NASCAR. Michael Andretti's going to bring uh, stuff into NASCAR. And evidently, that's what the rumor is that's going to fire is going to merge with Andretti Motorsport. Hmm. I remember there being rumblings a few years ago, but uh, I thought those kind of died off recently. Yeah. Like I said, well, it sounds like they might have got started back up. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Spire has two charters now. They've got seven and 77. Yeah. You know, so for them to add a third team, but then I wonder where Trackhouse is going to get a, another charter out then. And what will it cost? Yeah, no kidding. But there's, you know, still a lot of speculation that uh, there won't be a, another charter bought. I mean, they're, in, they're enough into the game. And if, if still there's only going to be, you know, 36 or 37 cars everywhere but Daytona, they'll take the shot at Daytona. And what they would probably do is take the experienced driver of either Chastain or Suarez and run them without the chart. Mm-hmm. They probably got a better chance than uh, possibly a rookie driver coming in and qualifying at Daytona. 
everywhere else they're in the field. So it's the only race that makes any difference. And like we discussed the other day, it's no different than crashing out on the first lap at Daytona and you get one point. If you don't qualify, you don't get the one point, but you yeah. tried to qualify. So you're still eligible for the championship. That'll be interesting to see. We'll see how this whole uh, piece of origami paper unfolds over the next couple of weeks as the season uh, starts to kind of wind down. Last announcements were made before the uh, last few rounds of the playoffs. And then it's going to kind of be announcement quietness. Uh, NASCAR always, I, I, I believe, I don't know for sure, but I believe NASCAR always encourages teams to, uh, let the media attention be on the, the teams and drivers that are competing for the championship. And then following the championship, we'll start getting some big announcements. Um, so maybe we'll see the rest of the page after that. Well, I think we've seen the page for right now. The only, the only thing that's going to be added to this page from what I can see is, is after, 2025 if the Andretti deal comes into play because hmm. I'm pretty sure if Trackhouse went into a lease deal I'm sure they took it for the two years the uh, Andretti family has tried to come into the sport several times and it, I would say probably at best mixed results yeah I guess um, John Andretti I think had one win under Richard Petty's number 43 uh, Martinsville I'm thinking, but I'm not positive. But, uh, and I think that may have been the last win under the 43 number. Nope, nope. Eric Jones won one last year. The 43. Yeah. yeah. But prior to that, it was the, probably the last win under a 43. So, uh, the only real news we've got for NASCAR is that uh, the Texas uh, race may move to the spring next year. So we're getting a lot of kind of speculation. And usually when these things come out, when when there's an article posted that the Texas race may move to spring next year, uh, it, it's probably pretty close to being a done deal. And, you know, NASCAR's kind of uh, putting the final touches. And so they're kind of sending out these little um, leaks, I guess, as kind of uh, just to stay in the news and stay relevant. And it happens uh, with everything and, and all things news related so um i i mean uh, what do you think uh this the texas spring race you think that's going to be any different than it being a fall race i mean texas when they originally started and just had one it was always uh in the spring i went to like the third race at texas in 99 and it was in march mm -hmm. so you'd just be going back to that they they had one race for I think they opened in 97 was the first race possibly 96 but i think 97 and then they ran one race into about 2004 or 2003 and then they went to two races and now they've gone back to one and texas motor speedway is part of speedway motors which is uh bristol and charlotte atlanta and Kentucky and New Hampshire. And I know I'm missing one somewhere, but um, Vegas. So they could have, um, uh, they might be switching a, a date with one of their other tracks. And, mm -hmm. and then that, that track will be moved into the playoffs. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of in favor of the playoffs, you know, every couple of years getting a little bit of a shakeup moving races around and obviously I'm going to be a little bit selfish and I'd like Kansas to stay in the playoffs. I think despite the fact that being kind of a, you know, quote unquote cookie cutter mile and a half track, I think it adds a lot of variables that uh, there seems to be a lot of 
drivers that have issues at that track. There's just something about it. Maybe it's the Midwest wind, the wind gusts. Maybe it's the, the Perez banking. I don't know what it is, but you know, I kind of noted it. I, well, I noted it after, after listening to MRM uh, in their broadcast that uh, it, I think what five of the, of the 16 or, or six of the 16 playoff drivers at the tech, at the Kansas race had a little bit of issue. I know Xfinity series drivers that were uh, contending for the playoffs all had issues. Um, but I guess coming back to round of the point, I'm always in favor of shaking up the playoffs. I, I think it's uh, it, it kind of adds a little bit of spice to the sport a little bit. It, 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 uh, and it, it makes these, these teams kind of reset a little bit of what they're doing for the rest of the season. Well, Kansas, Kansas is owned by NASCAR. Kansas is owned by ISC, which a couple of years ago merged with NASCAR. Mm-hmm. That's when a lot of our friends that we'd made lost their jobs. Yeah. But, um, it's not going anywhere. That race will be there. Um, I think the other Texas race that just disappeared a couple couple years ago was taken over by another Texas track. I think I think that's where the Circus of the Americas came on. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In that article that I'm reading, I believe it was uh, they're talking to the the Circuit of the Americas, which is promoted by TMS, um, that it may move to. Is it on Easter? Or am I reading that it may move to Easter? Right around that Easter uh, holiday weekend. Yeah, well, they might run it on Easter, knowing them. I mean, yeah. um, but I it, don't, for those, I don't talk to anybody that likes that race. So. <sighs> Yeah, and you're talking to one guy that that's gonna add a little marker into the column. I'm not really caring for. I really could care less about the Texas race. I, I think that they do a pretty good job promoting it. They've done some kind of fun things. I think back to uh, the, what the the boxing ring between Carl Edwards and Tony Stewart uh, so many years ago when those two were battling for the championship. Uh, I think they've done some fun things, but I think when you talk when you look at the racing on a whole, uh, it's lacking in my opinion. Well, again, it's it's a track. It's basically a cookie cutter. That Atlanta and Charlotte mm-hmm. are all basically identical. Basically, I mean, I'll bet they're within a couple degree of banking and a couple foot in length and width and everything. They're they're all the same track. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the circus. I don't know anybody that likes that road course. You know, I don't. If they're going to get rid of a road course, they should have kept Road America and, and got rid of that place. Yeah. Well, and you know the the politics behind it. Texas probably fought to keep the circuit of the Americas on the schedule uh, with their leverage. And I kind of want to back up a little bit. We're we're talking about the two different track ownership groups here. It used to be Speedway Motors, not the Speedway Motors in Lincoln, uh, but Speedway Motors and then um, ISC, International Speedway Corporation. But years ago, and you you talked about it, uh, NASCAR ended up, purchasing fully taking over isc and they were always kind of a uh, uh cousins essentially i, I believe uh who was it board. in the, who was it in the france family that ran isc i don't know who actually ran it on a day-to-day basis but it was the same board of directors for basically for both companies yeah it was a spin-off. i mean they were all the money was still going into one pocket they just put it under one roof so right. they could cut down and minimize their labor labor pool and, and yeah. cost. That's and where, what, like a lot of our friends lost their job. There's other tracks that have individual owners. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Indianapolis is independently owned, I believe. Yeah, there's several of them. That one is, I think, uh, uh, I think Martinsville still is. Um, I'd have to go and read and see exactly because that stuff's changed a lot over the last few years. But uh, you, you had two groups that had, that were major players with ISC having, you know, six or seven tracks and uh, Speedway yeah. Motors, Bruton Smith having yeah. six or seven tracks. Because uh, Roger Penske used to own Michigan and California, but I know he doesn't anymore. I'm not sure if they're under the ISC banner now. But yeah, there were you know several independent owners. The guy that used to own New Hampshire was great. He would go around literally with hundred dollar bills at the truck race and hand one to each driver. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my racetrack. Wow, that's I cool. bought those guys dinner for a night. You know the whole damn team. They had to you know to wherever to. Yeah, you know, an IHOP or a Village Inn or, you know, Mickey D's or something fed the whole crew for that hundred bucks. That's a big deal for a little piece. Yeah, it is absolutely. So, uh, anyways, to- uh, so uh, we'll see what happens with Texas. Uh, like, but like we kind of talked about on uh, Tuesday's show that um, they'll uh, they'll make that announcement probably with the twenty twenty four race schedule here. I would I would expect probably in the next month or so. Uh, but until then, we'll continue to get these little leaks of information. Uh, to keep the the 2024 schedule kind of hot in in people's four minds, foreheads, four thoughts. Yeah, NASCAR's got whistleblowers too. <laughs> uh, I don't really have much of anything else uh, as far as news, other than um, James Rowland and I are kind of kind of uh, rolled into this little contest as we always kind of do. Um, we're doing a little bit of a, a raise money for your your favorite uh, or your. Your your vote for the Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Champion. This means absolutely nothing. It's not going to count towards any kind of championship points or who's actually going to win on the track. Uh, this is just kind of a fun little competitive way that we're raising money for the Alzheimer's Association, which I have done an absolutely pitiful job of raising money this year. Um, I had a goal of, uh, of $20,000. And at the beginning of the year, I think that was very attainable, but I just didn't focus on it very well this year. And and so we're uh, we're kind of trying to to shore up and, and at least raise a little bit of money. But basically, it's coming down to Joey Danley driving the number fourteen car is sixteen points behind Stu Snyder in the twenty three S car, and Stu drives the twenty three S in the uh, three sixty division. He drives the five in the in the race saver division. But kind of do want to uh, donate to the driver you think is going to win the championship. Started it uh, just a couple days ago, and uh, we've raised some pretty good money for it, but uh, we need your vote. So if you guys want to get involved, donate $14 if you think Joey Danley could overcome the, or if you want Joey Danley to overcome the 16-point deficit and win that championship, or donate $23 if you want Stu Snyder to hold on to that points lead and win the championship. And you're welcome to donate 14 28 uh, on on down the increments, uh, Stu Snyder, you could donate 23, 46, uh, 69, whatever. And, and the number, the increment divided by the total or the dollar, the uh, the car number will will be your number of votes. So um, and you can vote for both, by the way. James Rowland actually voted for both. Uh, so if you want to go that route, you just want to donate some money, donate for both. And uh, that money will all go directly to the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, that championship, I believe, is going to be going on at 
Is that at the Tiny Lund where they run their last race? I don't. I I want to say it is, but I don't think that's right. Uh, no, it's going to be at uh, Beatrice Speedway. Well, that's on correct. Yeah, Beatrice. Friday, September 29th. So we got a couple of weeks to raise a little bit of money and, and find out who the champion is going to be. And you got how um, long? Yeah, a couple of weeks. Uh, September 29th. So oh, nine yeah, so days. Got a week from tomorrow. Excuse me. <laughs> Eight days for when this publishes. I'm supposed to be doing a high noon tasting that night. So I got to get my button gear and get the stuff organized. I thought we had a couple of weeks, but I, man, this time sneaks up on me so many times. Uh, but beat it, India. What's that? And then you made me beat it, India. Yeah, I know. How long? How long? How long? Speaking of uh, uh, racing this weekend, the Tiny Lund and Brandon Saltzman showdown going on this weekend uh, at Harlan at uh, Shelby County Speedway. It's going to be featuring late models, stock cars, sport mods, hobby stocks, sport compacts. And then Saturday only, they'll add the modified division. Uh, so get out to the uh, the annual Tiny Lund. Trying to find the uh, the how many annual that is, but I'm I'm not seeing the the number. I want to see it's in the 30s, but I'm I'm probably way off. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but it's been at least that long. Yeah, uh, but good weekend of racing, and and I think they learned a lot from last year's Tiny Lun. They had probably a few too many classes, but you know if the cars hadn't shown up, it'd have been the perfect amount of classes. So it it I think a lot of drivers wanted to go and see what that track was like and. It's interesting now that the track has had a uh, a winter to sit and the and the dirt has kind of compacted a little bit farther down uh, where they redesigned it and shortened the track down and and uh, heard some great racing and some great results, great reviews from a lot of uh, sprint car drivers and uh, drivers around the area that have gone down there and raced it every once in a while. And they said it's a great little racy track and, and they do a fantastic job. So get down to the uh, Tiny Lund this weekend, Friday and Saturday at Shelby County Speedway. Great paying race, great tradition, and a lot of fun. And I know they've uh, that Saturday morning, they've always got some really cool stuff going on with like car shows and uh, breakfast being served and uh, a lot of fun stuff going on. So make sure you check out Shelby County Speedway, Harlan, Iowa, on their Facebook page for all the details about the latest going on with the Tiny Lund. And if we've got anybody listening that's a Park Jeff participant or a fan that stops at Park Jefferson all the time, they have moved their Saturday night show to tonight, to Thursday mm. night, to allow all everybody to go ahead and, you know, the racers and fans to go attend the Tiny Line. So That's awesome. No racing at PJ on Saturday, but they're racing tonight on Thursday night at PJ. Okay. That's awesome to hear. I love when they work together like that. That's always nice. And uh, one thing we forgot to talk about back when we were talking about the national guys Mm -hmm. is that a few weeks ago we discussed Matty D um, yeah. saying that he was going to drop out of, out of his ride. Uh, he didn't really have anything for certain going on in 2024. Uh, well, his ride decided to go ahead and kick him out three races from the end of the year, which is kind of, you know, who didn't see that coming? I did. You know. Yeah, it, it, we've seen it before with drivers when when they've decided they're not going to renew with the team, and the and the team may have found their replacement driver. From what what I was able to see, they they didn't have a replacement driver yet. Well, they'll have somebody in the car or yeah. in the truck. But I mean, I mean, what what's the point of kicking Maddie D out if you don't have somebody lined up already? Well, they've got it. You know, maybe they're going to take three different drivers and give them each a test drive. Mm-hmm. You know, give me each an audition. 
you know, I, I don't know what they're thinking, but my guess is they've got something that they want to do. Uh, you know, they want somebody they want to drive the vehicle. Um, you know, no idea who it would be. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I do have an idea maybe um, that they might end up with Carson Quapple over there. And that is a Chevy ride, I believe. Um, just for one of these races, because he's getting a few races here. And at the end of the year, he ran the truck race at Bristol and he ran that ARCA race at Kansas City. So he's been on a mile and a half and now he's been on the fastest half mile on the circuit. Mm -hmm. If NASCAR is going to okay him, um, you know, maybe he'll be in that truck this weekend at Texas. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Matt posted, speaking of Matt DiBenedetto, posted on the platform formerly known as Twitter, says, no words can express my disappointment that I'm feeling right now and also not being able to finish out the season. I really wanted to thank my fans for always being there with me. It means the world to me, and I'll always be there for you. Thank you to NASCAR and the and Craftsman for uh, such an awesome series, and I love competing with all my heart. Working on 2024, and we'll update everyone soon. So, yeah, it definitely sounds like it wasn't his option to get out of the truck, that that he was removed. You know, they, they probably just, like you said, I, I think the most logical thing is that they've got somebody else that they – they're interested in trying out and they're making the move and they're going to put him in the truck for either whether this weekend or maybe the next three weekends and just see how it goes and see how they drive or, or if they've already got a contract signed for 2024 for this particular driver to be in the truck, then why not get three extra races, a chance to digest it over the season and then go at it hard uh, next February. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard telling exactly what's happening there, but um you know, to go ahead and release Matty D and, uh, you know, start moving on to 2024 makes perfectly good sense. So. Yeah, yeah, it does. And like I said, this is this has happened before. I remember this happening. What is it? What, I think we brought this up just a couple of weeks ago with Casey Kane. I think he got released early for one of his contracts to be able to go in a race with the team that he'd already signed with. And I, I want to say he was leaving Red Bull and going to Hendrick. Uh, that might have been it, or that might have been when he was leaving uh, Hendrick, maybe, and going to Dodge. Or maybe it was Red Bull and he went to Dodge. Because oh. when Dodge when Dodge came back in in 2001, he was one of the drivers. Yeah. Him and Bill Elliott. All right, this weekend, NASCAR is going to be back on Sunday with uh, TV broadcasts on USA Network. Race starts at about 2.30 Central Time. It's the Auto Trader Eco Park Automotive 400 at Texas Motor Speedway. Stage laps are going to be concluded at 80, 160, and 267. Practice and qualifying will happen on Saturday starting at 11.35, and they'll wrap up at about 1.30. And let's take a look at previous texas winners this race in september of 2023 tyler reddick was able to punch his ticket and uh pick up the win excuse me not punch his ticket he was a non-playoff driver that got the win joey logano brought it home second then uh, justin haley ryan blaney and chase briscoe rounded up the top five eric jones william byron brack Kislowski, kyle larson and danny hamlin your top 10 Bad days for Kyle Busch. He was wrapping up his time in the 18 car at Joe Gibbs Racing. He finished tail end Charlie at 36th. Christopher Bell was a playoff contender at the time. He was 34th. Chase Elliott, also a playoff contender at the time, finished 32nd. Alex Bowman, 29th. Bubba Wallace, 25th. 
Uh, Martin Trucks Jr., who we talked about on uh, Tuesday's show, punched his ticket into the round of 12 uh, for uh, this year's playoffs. Finished 35th this race last year at Texas, excuse me, Texas Motor Speedway. Well, uh, if you're looking at that result, count how many cars it's got for playoff drivers. Is it 12? Um, you know, I, I just closed it out, but I can pull it up real quick. I remember we had that conversation last year because we were real confused at the number of playoff drivers. Well, no, what I was just going to say that I think Tyler Reddick was in the playoffs last year. He just went out the first round and then he turned around and won that race. For some reason, that's sticking in my head. Yeah. Yeah. It, it also on, on the results sheets that we look at, if you are a playoff, if you're in the playoffs for the owner's points, you've got a playoff number next to you also. Uh, like, for instance, this year, Chase Elliott has still has a playoff marker next to him. Even though he's not in the driver's championship, he's still in the owner's championship. Ah, okay. Yeah, stupid communist deal. Yeah, 13, and I believe it is uh, Bubba Wallace. Bubba wasn't contending for the driver's championship, but he was contending for the owner's points championship, and that's the reason why there is a 13th playoff marker in the round of 12. Well, and that's the reason he switched over last year to the 45 car. Yeah, yep. Because it had more points. Yep. Same thing uh, or same uh, same stuff is going on with uh, Chase Elliott. So, well, I, not same stuff, but uh, I guess the uh, he's competing for one championship, but not both of them because he didn't qualify for the driver's championship. Well, my point on the whole deal is you said Tyler Reddick wasn't in the playoffs. He'd mm-hmm. already been eliminated. He was in the playoffs last year. Correct. But he got eliminated in the first round, the round of uh, 12, and then he came out the very first race and won. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things about this is that uh, it's not just about the playoff teams. Those uh, The non-playoff contenders can go out there and, and take a win and kind of mix things up a little bit too. Yeah, and Chris Buescher de- did it at Bristol last year when he won. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in the playoffs. So, All right, like I said, get your picks in on time for the Rick Havenridge Pick'ems Contest. 2.30 on Sunday at uh, Texas Motor Speedway, the Auto Trader, Eco Park Automotive 400. Uh, broadcast on USA Network, PRN, and Sirius XM. Uh, I think that's all I've got for you guys. Uh, get out to Shelby County Speedway this weekend. We'll talk next weekend. Getting set for the um, spring or the uh, the October uh, final at uh, the the final race weekend at uh, Beatrice, which includes sprint cars and a championship for the Malvern Bank 360 Series. Uh, I don't think I got anything else. You got anything else, Turk? Nope. I think it's the week after that the SLMR finishes up there, Malvern Bankside at Corning, I believe, for the tradition. Yep. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. It, it's, we come down to this every year that all of a sudden we blink and we're like, oh, crap, the season's almost over. <laughs> so get out and enjoy racing while you can. And, uh, and, and if you can't get there, uh, a lot of these races are going to be streamed either on Dirt Crown TV. Advantage Racing TV, IMCA TV, or I think that's pretty much it that broadcasts the races here locally. So, um, yeah, just stay off all the scammers that are dumping crap on these track websites. Yeah. They can't keep up with it on race day. Yep. I try and jump in there if I see them and say something about this is a scam or this is a scam, but just stay away from them. Yep. Don't click on those links. They're just going to take your, your hard earned money. They're going to steal your credit card number and 
you're going to be fighting with the uh, credit card companies for a while to get that money back. So stay away from it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Don't forget, they got a lot going on over the next couple of weeks. Make sure to follow them on Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their events and special promotions. Thanks to Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners, and of course, Taylor Computers and Repair for Dirk Houston. I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the front stretch presented by Joe's Carding. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube.